From finance to family. I'm excited to spend time with the grandkids. They brighten my day. And maintaining your lifestyle. They keep me up to date. It's time for Guarding Your Nest Egg with Mike Lester of Talon Wealth, along with Kristen Charles. Join the conversation at guardingyournestegg.com. Mike, I want to flash back to elementary school. Okay. Did you take lunch to school that mom maybe packed, or were you a cafeteria kid? We started out as a take-a-lunch kid, and then um, it got to a point where I, I liked the cafeteria food, even those um, canned green beans and <laughs> the chicken nuggets. and Square pieces of pepperoni on pizza. Um, yeah, we, well, it was square pizza. Everything was uh, square. But yeah, I started off taking lunches. My mother would freeze the the juice box and use that as refrigeration inside the my mom did the uh, same. But the problem is the juice box was half frozen every time you got it would You'd end up frying it open like a slushy. Yeah, it turned into a slushy. That was the that was the thing. But uh, I'll tell a story on my sister. I always thought this was an interesting one. Remember fruit roll ups? They still oh, exist. Oh gosh. Those were the jam back in the they do exist still? I think so. My kids eat them, but it's more like a fruit roll up tape or something. But anyway, it doesn't matter. The you know, it's that fruit roll-up, there's this piece of plastic with some fruit goo dried on the front of it, right? You <laughs> peel it off and you eat it. So, as I remember it, the first time my sister took one to school, she said she really hated it. And it was really, really terrible. I think what we figured out is she didn't take the plastic off. And she oh, ate it with the She ate the fruit roll-up with the plastic wrap on it. I think once she figured out you should take the plastic off, it was much more savory <laughs> after that. But, yeah. So Lunchables, they came out, I think, around 1989. And I remember there was a few minutes of where I was like, wait, maybe I want to take my lunch again. Let's get some Lunchables. You know, when you did the store run with mom, she said, heck, no, those are too expensive. We're not doing that. And it's not even the nutrition you need. But get this. After adjusting some ingredients to meet federal nutritional guidelines, the folks at Kraft Heinz have announced that Lunchables will be available for K-12 through school lunch programs beginning this fall, and that is if school administrators decide they want to offer them in the cafeteria. You know, what they're looking for, make announcements like that, drive the stock price up. Can you imagine? Uh, I mean, there's got to be money in that for them. So. It's going to be interesting to see if it's cheaper to buy them at school than it is at the store. I know that we do have oh, some liar. younger listeners that will be eyeing that. I know that lunch used to be a dollar. Here we mm-hmm. go, another inflation conversation. My mother would give me $2. I would buy two lunches. I was a hungry kid. <laughs> and you could double up on it. And they just put twice of everything on my green plastic tray or whatever color they were. Um, but now I know that I think it's like five bucks or more. I mean, again, everything gets more expensive, but my kids aren't getting double lunches. I'd have to give them 10 bucks a day. They just get one. Mine was only 65 cents. Either my area was a better cost of living (laughs) or I don't know. But anyway. Well, you know, South Carolina, what are you going to do? We got a lot of different things going on, but I'm still proud of it. We got a lot of two lane freeways in South Carolina. They need to expand those. I do like South Carolina. I love it because I will always call it home. And one thing I also love doing is playing games. And I have checked my 2023 bingo card. I did not have a Chinese spy balloon, Congress taking 15 votes to secure a Speaker of the House, China's leader hanging out in Moscow for a few days, or a bank collapse or two on my card. A lot is happening in 2023 apocalypse bingo if you're playing at home. Which is depressing. No, I'm just trying to joke yeah, about all this because it's crazy. Here? Yeah, it is nuts. And 
We're getting calls every single week about it. I mean, there's a lot of noise, this bank or that bank here in the past week or so, Credit Suisse. Kristen, I can't remember the last time, and it might be almost never. It's not that I've never had the question. It just almost never comes up. What happens if my bank fails? Am I going to be okay? Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, that has been out of our mind for so long, and now it's front and center. And people are legitimately concerned for good reason. Yeah. Well, an article in the Wall Street Journal titled Smaller Banks, Critical Role in Economy Means Distress Raises Recession Risk. And it talked about how it's likely to become more difficult to secure a loan because of the trouble in the banking industry, which will dent economic growth and raise the risk of a recession even higher. Now, Mike, when you look at all of this through your fee-only fiduciary financial advisor lenses, put those on for me real quick, if you don't mind. They're, yeah, they're really thick, and I look like an <laughs> idiot in them. But, uh, but a smart go. idiot, and that's but all we care idiot, about. Yeah. <laughs> but all joking aside, do you think we should batten down the hatches or lean on the old adage, in the midst of chaos, there might also be an opportunity here? Well, I think there is an opportunity, but it's probably down the road. And I don't think we have to overcomplicate this. We're, we're always looking at investments, obviously, from a risk return standpoint, but then also who are our clients. And so right now, if you're looking at your investments and, and you've had sort of a hang in there approach, maybe through an advisor or for a lot of people, Kristen, their retirement plan at work winds up being hang in there because they just don't have guidance on it, right? That might be your 401k or your TSP or your 403b account. What I would be thinking about is how much am I going to earn on safe money, meaning treasuries? Again, if we trust the banks, you know, a bank CD, you know, I'll even use the bad word annuity, but really the only annuity that, that I think anybody should look at pretty much ever is what's called a multi-year guarantee, MYGA. But that just, it's, it, it acts kind of like a CD. You have a, you have a stated return for a stated period of time, right? Okay. And right now on liquid money, meaning things like uh, money markets, short-term money, like short-term treasuries, those rates are over 4% currently. Now they're not you know, guaranteed to stay there. They might go a little up or a little down. But take a look at your investments and ask yourself, if I'm taking risk in this market, how much do I expect to make between now and year's end? Mm. If it's not more than 4%, ask yourself, well, then why am I taking the risk? Because I can get over 4%. And if I lock my money up for, say, five years or more, you know, in some sort of a fixed account, a lot of times over 5%, you know, maybe 5.3, 5.4%. Am I being compensated for the risk I'm taking in my investments? And so I would argue that, I mean, we think markets will be down between now and the end of the year, and they'll probably recover. What if markets, what if they're down 10% between now and late summer or down 20%? And then what if we get a big rally at the end of the year and they come back up and, you know, it was down 20, then up 20. And at the end of the year, you're going, well, I averaged zero basically mm -hmm. over that period of time. You could have just used fixed investments that are safe, maybe even that are liquid, and still done better. So when you're taking a look at your investments, if you're committed to the stock market right now, knowing that you can get over 4% and in some cases over 5% on fixed safe investments, how much are you being compensated to take risk? So if your average is going to be 8%, if the market did that, you're only ahead of fixed investments by 3%. How much are you risking to make an additional 3%? So hmm. right now, I would want to be really, really confident in my investment strategy because the average rate of return in the market, if you look at it long term, if that's around 
you know, seven, eight percent, but fixed investments are four or five percent, you're probably not being compensated for that potential 10, 20, maybe even 30 percent loss if, if we really get into a bad economy here. And this is what comes out of financial planning. This is what comes out of analysis. We believe markets are going to be down. So, you know, we're invested accordingly. Our portfolios, for the most part, are designed to go up if markets go down. Most portfolios aren't like that. And that's why, you know, we, we just want to use our platform here to help educate people on all of the investment options that are available to them and help them make informed decisions. I heard a commercial the other day that made me do a double take. Then my godmother mentioned a similar advertisement at Sunday dinner and asked me, because I work with you, if what she heard is true. And I said, I don't think it is, but I'm going to ask Mike. So (laughs) the main point of this advertisement that I heard, and it was a radio advertisement. And by the way, I have a copy of it, so I'm not making this up and I'm not going to play it because I don't want to be like that. Yeah. But the main point was that physical gold and silver is, quote, the ultimate safe haven, end quote, to protect your wealth. And it also said that there is allegedly a, quote, tax-free loophole that allows you to convert your retirement into physical gold and silver, end quote. That just doesn't (laughs) sound right. What's the real deal here? This is the type of advertising that we don't like because we work with retirees around the country and we know what they're concerned about. And anytime somebody comes on the TV or radio or newspaper ad, what have you, I heard one the other day, like a little known fact that most people don't even know about. Well, then right? why just, just are you talking about it is what I always wonder, whoever yeah, you are. Yeah, and here's the thing. There, there are no secrets, right? And they don't have a little known retirement fact that nobody but you is going to know about unless you call them. Then they'll tell you all their secrets. And it just doesn't work that way. So we'll get into gold and silver. So what's interesting about it is there's a, I would refer to it as a loophole when it comes to marketing gold and silver. And there's a reason they use the term physical. Hmm. because it's sort of handheld. It's usually coins. It's considered currency. Okay. And I don't know the specific rules of the law, but what I learned years and years ago is that currency isn't a regulated asset, right? Because forever ago, they wanted you to be able to hand money, currency, to one person for that transaction, and then not have to go back and do a bunch of paperwork for mm. it, right? I mean, that would slow the whole process down. So all of these companies selling physical gold are operating within these laws to where it's not regulated by the government agencies on how they're selling it. And they can make statements that are extremely misleading. So hold on a second. There's a whole set of rules that we have to follow on this radio show. They don't follow them on, they don't follow on physical. So they're like the wild west, literally with this gold out there. To me it is. Right. And so they're all like, it's the best thing ever. Like, well, it's really high right now. I don't think it's the best thing ever. And if I was going to buy gold or buy silver or platinum, I wouldn't go to one of these companies that's going to charge me more than it's worth to buy it. If I want to store it with them, they're going to charge me to store it. And then if I ever want to sell it back, they'll buy it back from me from less than it's actually worth. You don't get the actual price of gold, although that helps determine uh, their value. It's just extremely inefficient. It doesn't make sense. And you could just own an ETF that's going to track the value of gold or silver or platinum in the overall market. You don't have to pay storage. You don't have to pay brokerage fees. It makes no sense, but they're trying to scare people into that. So yeah, everybody's hearing it, Kristen. If you're listening to us and you're considering it, we don't hate gold or silver or whatever. We just don't like these advertisements and it's not necessary to own the physical version of it. And if you do, you're always going to buy it for more than it's worth. You're always going to sell it for less than it's worth. And then you got to figure out where to put it. And know that anytime you hear advertisements that you're 
wait, how does that work? You can reach out to the Talent Wealth team and get some clarity, be it from Mike or one of the other fiduciaries on the team at guardingyournestegg.com. There are apparently fewer 401k millionaires these days. According to new data from Fidelity, accounts with at least a million dollars in savings dropped 32 percent last year, and the average balance of a 401k dropped just over 20 percent in 2022, right when inflation hit a 40-year high. Mike, you were talking about these losses a little bit earlier in today's show, but one study found that workers now expect that because of all of these losses, they're going to need $1.25 million for a comfortable retirement instead of a million. So do you think having about 20% more than we thought we needed to maintain our lifestyle and retirement is accurate given the current economy? I mean, studies are always interesting, Kristen. We just don't, I mean, we could dig into that a little further and find out who they're asking these questions to. But we do think that, I don't know that it's the market, right, based on the study that people feel like they're going to need 1.25 versus 1 million. And, you know, that $1 million number is interesting in the sense that, you know, that was a threshold forever. You know, people thought, hey, if I can just, just be a millionaire, then I'd retire. And if you push it to one and a quarter, everything's costing more. So maybe maybe now I need 25% more than I had before. I think the reality for individuals, though, is just going to be the, the amount that you need for retirement is very specific to you. And so we can't use a study to determine how much an individual that we haven't talked to yet is going to need for retirement. It's all going to depend on their retirement lifestyle, which is a direct result of their expenses right, mm-hmm. in retirement. But as far as having 20% more than we thought needed to maintain lifestyle in retirement, I do think that that's got a lot to do with inflation. And if you look at these numbers, it's not surprising that people that had saved at least a million dropped 32% last year. So last year was 2022. It was a bad year for markets. Chances are a lot of those people may have been more aggressively invested. I don't know what their ages are, right? Because we don't see that in the numbers that we're talking about right now. But the fact that it peaked when inflation was really, really high, well, markets have done well for quite a while. Now the Fed is raising rates to bring inflation down, and that's had a direct impact on the market. Just going back to this number and how much do I need in retirement to not run out of money? And so we all get on the computer and we all see these ads. And one of the most common ads I'll see that's really targeted to people that are retired or close to it from these digital companies that try to get you to, it's called a clickbait or whatever it's called, Mm. you know, you click and then you kind of go to an ad. They'll run things like, how long will a million dollars last me in retirement if I'm mm. 60, right? So, I mean, and that, who's a, not going to click on that? It's the question well, it's, we want to know. It's very targeted. Now, again, the million dollars is going to be different for everybody. I mean, some people need $500,000 to retire, okay. on, right? Because they've got great pensions. They, they don't rely on their retirement savings for income. Now, we meet people like that week after week after week where instead of having a conversation about them taking income off of their portfolio, we're having a conversation about how is this money going to transfer to beneficiaries as efficiently as possible hmm. because they're not going to need it. And then, you know, that's a very specific type of financial planning. We'll talk to other people that maybe they don't have pensions. They're going to be living off of social security. They have a very fixed amount of, uh, of expenses, but those expenses are going to go up over time. Mm-hmm. And then they have variable expenses, things like vacations. So building out a plan based on expenses, but at taking into consideration taxes and inflation over time, and then providing them with recommendations, well, this is how you can invest money to accomplish your goals. And literally sitting across the desk from them saying, hey, listen, you know, we're 
fiduciaries. Our job is to help you make informed decisions. It's, it's you know, we can give you advice, but the biggest thing we want is you to be confident in those decisions. So let's mm-hmm. look at all the options. Once we've done that and you've made a decision based on options, I think you can be more confident in retirement. Let's keep it simple. Join the conversation now at guardingyournesteg.com. Mike Lester is an investment advisor representative of Talon Private Wealth, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Talon Private Wealth and this station are not affiliated. Information presented on this program is believed to be factual and up-to-date, but we do not guarantee its accuracy, and it should not be regarded as a complete analysis of the subjects discussed. This information should not be considered tax or legal advice. Discussions and answers to questions do not involve the rendering of personalized investment advice, but are limited to the dissemination of general information. The information presented is for educational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any securities or advisory services. Be sure to consult with a tax professional before implementing any investment strategy. Florida license D056341. California license 0N00828. Talon Wealth is the official wealth management team of the Florida Gators. Compensation was paid to Learfield for partnership with the Gators as of January 2023.